You're listening to the Do More Good Podcast. The Do More Good Podcast. Uh, welcome to Do More Good Podcast. Do More Good. Do Good, Do More. Do More Good Podcast. Do More Good Podcast. That's what you want me to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're listening to the Do More Good Podcast. From the International Fundraising Congress. IFC. International Fundraising Conference. 2019. Here in Amsterdam in 2019. Um, so here we are, James. We are live at the IFC. We're not sure of the episode number, but it's really great to be here. How are you doing? Good. Good. The excitement was rising on the coach on the way over here. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Good. And you've had a run through of your session. Had a run through of the session in what's called the big room. Very nicely decorated and really looking forward to that at 3.30 later today. I so. mean, there's, there's few things you like more than a stage, really. Oh, there? absolutely. Normally dancing and a bit of a... Uh, few, gl- what are they called? Sequins? Yeah. Uh, You're going to use both your moves tonight? Is well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, getting on. So we, we are pulled in a guest very kindly before her session. Sue Morgan joins us. Who, Sue, would you mind just giving a bit of an introduction to yourself and who, wh- what you're doing at IFC? Hi, yeah. I'm Sue Morgan. I, I'm here at IFC today in my guise as director of Tony Elisha Foundation doing a session in about three quarters of an hour time. So you've caught <laughs> me really in the run up to it. But we're here to try and inspire lots of fundraisers into really taking control of their personal development, but primarily through thinking about finding a mentor and we're going to be talking about how, what mentoring can do for them. But it's my second time at IFC. I was really lucky to be here last year as well. So I feel quite comfortable, not like (laughs) some people when it's new new on the coach. So it was lovely coming back on the coach this morning and seeing all the fantastic volunteers welcoming us. Yeah, brilliant. And can you just talk to us, for those people who maybe aren't aware of the Tony Ellershare Foundation, can you talk about where it came from, a bit about Tony and, and what it hopes to achieve? Yes, I can, certainly. We're a fairly new charity, so I'm hoping some people will have heard of us, but mm. we only established in 2017. Tony Elisha, for, for those that don't know, was a real guru of the fundraising profession for about 30 plus years, really inspiring lots of fundraisers, but very sadly passed away in 2016. And after that, there was a real move to try and do something for his legacy. And what Tony spent a huge amount of his career doing was inspiring fundraisers and advising them and really motivating them to really be really professional and really make the most of their own capabilities and he did this through all the pieces of work he did all the roles that he did going to conferences he'd spot the most amazing people give them advice and give them a real helping hand and a a leg up so the foundation is really built in the spirit of that trying to find those talented fundraisers that have got the capability to be our future leaders because we really need need that to, to sustain the profession. So our role is to find those individuals and give them that support through working with really talented mentors and they, they will work with a mentor for 12 months but we also do other development with them really really to, to improve their skills and profession really and you, you said earlier that he loved being here he was he was quite a natural on that big stage Kenneth has got big shoes to he <laughs> has I think well, Kenneth's going to be on the same stage that Tony spent a lot of time on he, he really did and lots if you talk to people over the next few days people remember Tony he, he worked very closely with the Resource Alliance and was a huge advocate of learning and sharing on this sort of international stage so he would come here every year he'd speak he'd always be in the bar chatting um, <laughs> but also you know sharing his huge amount of wisdom in there so he had fun worked really hard mm. and people's really still still miss him so we're hoping we can we can't fill his boots at all in the foundation but we're hoping we can carry on a bit of that inspiration and learning
So what do you look for, Sue, when you're looking for someone to come in as part of your mentorship program and actually be a mentor? What does what does a good mentor mean to the Tony Ella Show? To, so a mentor rather than the mentee to start with. Yeah, yes. the, the, the mentors, we, we don't have a real fixed profile, but what we're looking for is really senior experts that have got lots of knowledge, but fundamentally want to share that and those people that really have a strong value base in developing the profession and wanting to give back and share that learning so it's it's people you often that have benefited from a mentor themselves sometimes Tony but but they've had somebody who's been kind enough to spend some time with them at the earlier stages of their career that has made a really big influence sometimes through little just small moments or you know short conversations but we often find it's people who've had that themselves who then have built up that knowledge and the expertise throughout the career and they want to give back but also mentors often realize that they can learn as much as the mentees in a different way because of it gives them a new perspective a new network they learn about different parts of fundraising different insights often our mentees will point out different campaigns signpost them to resources so fundamentally it's a real feel-good factor of helping and giving back mm. there is something about the best way to learn is to teach isn't it that that's very true you evaluate yeah. your own what you're telling other people yeah. yeah yeah so so just going back to your early career how did you how did you get to here then we didn't touch on that at the start no i started out in charities in charity retail back in the early 90s right. so yeah i have i have seen quite a few conferences and <laughs> <laughs> so i've been through quite a lot of stuff but i moved from the commercial sector into charity retail working at the british red cross and absolutely loved it because i was then working with volunteers working with people that were hugely sparky and intelligent but wanting their work to actually mean something and i just completely fell in love with the sector and then from charity retail, moved sideways into more community and regional fundraising. Again, a real focus around volunteers and people. So all my fundraising has been really about relationships and stuff. But during that whole time, I also did a lot of work on developing standards, training plans. I did quite a lot of delivering training in those in those roles. So I kind of built up that wider knowledge of fundraising, but also with a kind of learning and development input, albeit through a practitioner fundraising role. So that was my real learning ground. I then went off and had kids. I've got three fantastic daughters and took a bit of time out and then came back into the sector working with Think Consulting Solutions as a really doing market research, um, working with Think Intelligence, so doing things more a bit behind the scenes. And that really helped me get a much broader understanding of the sector, which when you're in-house in a role, you can often get quite hunkered down and not yeah. be quite as aware of what goes on. We were saying this this morning at breakfast that actually mm. we're quite excited to come somewhere that, that isn't so focused on... yeah. British fundraising. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, and it's it's really sort of hard sometimes to lift yourself up, isn't it, from that. So I so I was lucky enough to do that in when I got mm. back in after a couple of years off. And then I was an associate with Think and I still am. So I, I have a portfolio approach to working. So I'm an associate and that's I lead the foundation now two days a week. I also then do projects and consultancy with Think and I'm just starting an interim role as well. If you ever want to talk to people about flexible working, I'm I'm, I'm your woman. But yes, I came into the foundation through obviously working with Tony Mm. for 10 years and when the trustees got together and decided they wanted to set up the foundation, they approached me because of my 
background of knowing Tony, believing in what they were sort of wanting to achieve, but with a knowledge of fundraising and people and relationships and, and you know, in the background. So I had mm. that kind of mix. Plus, I just like doing new things yeah. and throw something new at me and I'll go, I don't know how to do it, but I'll go and find out and I'll try and make a good shot at it. Embrace it. It sounds like from what you're talking about that Tony was a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of mentorship and, n- and never I mean obviously I've read about him but never having met him personally um, he, he was hugely ahead of the curve people are still saying you know what he was talking about back in 2014 to, to 16 mm. are sort of themes and trends that are still ahead of the curve and it's it, we've really lost that in the profession in terms of his vision of the future and his his way of challenging thinking and making people look at things in a different way because he didn't care about pushing the boundaries yeah. and not upsetting people, but just kind of making people do something a bit different. So he he really wasn't... And his approach to mentoring, it wasn't formal or structured. He just spotted people and thought, I know I can help you improve and did it. And he followed up on it. So he would see somebody speak at a conference and they say, oh, do you fancy a coffee after the session? And then he talked them through it then would follow up on what he was the mm. advice he was offering so and he was doing that just because he believed it was the right thing to do and he wanted to help those people wow and how about for mentees then so people come in we talked a little bit about mentors mm-hmm. what do you look for in a in a mentee is it, it just someone keen to learn willing to take advice it is we don't have if you look on the website we've got all the the information about applying and, and what we are looking for but we've really deliberately not been prescriptive about you've got to be a head of fundraising and had this many years experience because it's actually about the quality of the person and we're really looking for people that have the potential to be future leaders and that and we're getting clearer and clearer about that actually so we're looking for those people who've they've got they've got to have had some good fundraising experience because they need to be able to use that to have the conversations with their mentor and they've got to be somebody who's self-aware and able to be thinking about where they want to go with their goals there's got to be a huge commitment to fundraising we're looking for people who are in it for the long term it sounds a bit trite but you know sort of they've got kind of talent and it's that stuff you can't put into words it's Mm. those people that you meet and you just think they've got something they are going to go far so we do ask people to nominate mentees as well so because if you if somebody knows somebody they, they can sort of spot that they've got that extra something and they're going to go far so that helps us identify people but we're really aware that we're, we're not the only mentoring program around as well so we want to encourage people to get into having a mentor widely so you know there are other programs as well that they can do that with and it, it must be so nice for you to see those people grow it's fabulous i have to say <laughs> i've absolutely loved it i mean the, the mentees we've had on the programs so far and currently are all just amazing and they're creating a network between themselves and you know sharing and learning but yeah for somebody who's been around for a while it's really nice kind of getting to sort of work with people with newer experiences and I'm learning from them and they're helping us influence what we need to provide to help them develop as future leaders as well so we're really open to it being a kind of cyclical thing and and learning from one another. And we've, talk, we've spoken quite a lot on the podcast when we speak to different people about important mentors or figures in their careers. And like, I mean, we've reflected a few times about people that have helped us along the way. What's the, what's the one thing do you think that you kind of makes a good mentor? Like, uh, maybe you can talk about your experience of, of mentors over your, your career. Yeah, I says, yeah, I've, I've had formal and informal formal, formal yeah. mentors and and it is there are people where you think that one moment has kind of really been been influential and sometimes it's learning from the things they don't say as well you know <laughs> and don't pick up on but 
I, th- I think the most important thing with a mentor is somebody who will really listen mm. and not immediately jump in and tell somebody what to do because it is really about helping that person learn about themselves and come to their own kind you know have the confidence to come to their own decisions and you know where they want to go so it's not about just telling them what to do by any means so we were looking for people who will challenge people's thinking make them consider things in a different way and make people look a bit longer term be clear about their goals and in terms of influences on me I think one of the most important well two two lessons one is just don't get too het up about the small stuff because I used to be so so worried about the minutiae of every little thing being done and I had the most fantastic advisor in my earlier career just somebody that I worked with who used to say like what's going to happen what's the worst that could really happen it's all going to be here tomorrow and that it's a minor thing but if you adopt that in, in your working life it does help you then go actually I do need to stop panicking and need to stop getting stressed. So that was a really useful general piece of advice from that. And just picking up on that, you sometimes need someone to tell you that, right? Because especially earlier in your career when you think that everything is vitally important and every detail you want to have covered, but then actually for someone who's maybe been there, trodden that path before and can actually tell you, look, don't sweat the small stuff. Yes, Focus on yeah. the bigger items. It really can have a, have an impact. Yeah, maybe yeah. we should invite them to see behind the scenes at this shambles of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we still put it together. We're sweating the sweating the small stuff, aren't we? Yeah. So you've been involved in the sector for a little while, um, and you talk about the, the, the small <laughs> the small things and the big things. Are there trends that you've seen like coming here every year? Are there, are there similar things that people are focusing on, and maybe those people talking about becoming a mentee? Uh, not sweating the small stuff, lesson number one. Mm. Is there something, anything else out there that you think is a reoccurring? I think, and the conference has really helped with it, it's about looking at the wider world. And actually, we, we said a little bit earlier about not being in your own little, little box. And I think that is the thing you see more and more at conferences. But I think we could do more of as well is really and look into the external world and I think that's something that is starting to get a bit more sort of traction rather than just all looking at one another looking at the trends in the wider world and I think that that I've seen I've seen a real shift towards the whole bit about being about people which is just fantastic and looking at it which I love because I all about the supporter and I do a lot of work on supporter stewardship and mystery shopping with one of my other hats on and I think that is that's I've seen that in the last sort of five years those conversations really about putting everything from the supporters point of view and we will try and do that with the the mentees of trying to pick up those themes through additional learning that we do with them. Yeah, I've certainly been on the, the receiving end of some of your mystery shopping, actually. The, oh. Yeah, sweaty <laughs> palms sat in the room wondering what was going to come up. But Sounds yeah. like there might be a confession to be had there, is there? <laughs> there's there's was it good? <laughs> was it, was it? I think we did okay. Yeah, we did all right. There were good learnings. You do, actually, did, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. There yeah. you go. You do, you do but, a good job. But I suppose the other theme around that for me is it's, it's about getting insight and data. So I'm... And that was one of my earlier from my first manager in the sector, who would come, he was in the, in the retail environment was it was about know your figures, know what's happening because then you can use that to make your decisions. And I think that's something that I've really stood by throughout. So if you don't know it, you really should. Yeah, a bit random throwing that in at that point. Yeah, but, but I, just and I guess that's quite key if you're standing up in front of a room full of people in in half an hour or so that you know you're you know be prepped for that and yes, that is yeah. not small stuff that, that things might come at you that you weren't expecting yeah, so yeah. knowing the background what gives you a bit of 
bit of a drive speaking at these things. You <laughs> kind of, yeah, you find out whether you can cope on the spot, don't you? Yeah, so I guess. It's yeah, jumping at the deep But it's end. nice just, just sharing the learning with people, really. Is That's there anything else you're looking to, to looking forward to over the next couple of days? Are you here for the rest of the conference? I'm not actually. I okay. mine's a bit of a flying a flying visit this year. I'm just no. just here today, but I'm really looking forward to the plenary session, and I'm looking forward to catching up with some of our mentors who yeah. are here. Some of the the ones that are based in other countries. We've got mm. mentors in Canada and you know the other other European countries. So Michelle Sorrell, who's one of our mentors, is coming in from Spain, going to be in the sessions shortly. So mm. it's a really nice opportunity for me to connect with people and just have conversations face-to-face which I think is hugely valuable and I'm, I'm great at doing everything lots of things by video conference and on the telephone but I the nothing beats actually meeting people in the flesh sometimes yeah, yeah we yeah. were talking about that on the way over weren't we, we were saying will in 10-15 years will the conference exist in this form I mean we've seen you know Simon and yeah, Nikki the Bell fundraising and the fundraising everywhere. everywhere and completely online uh, it was quite yeah. they've got some amazing speakers in haven't they Kenny? A- apparently yeah. apparently so yeah. yeah no that looks really good I think it's an accessible as you say it when everyone's so remote based working from home different locations to have it's expensive to come to these things it, it, it is it's a real investment it is but there's nothing quite like it I have to say because it was my first mm. experience of, the, of this conference last year and I've never been so tired in my life when I, I got back to the to the glories of Humberside Airport I, <laughs> I went back to it and just sat there a bit in shock really just really? just with my head was so full of people I'd met things I'd learned and that mm. and I think a real thing for it is is actually how do you use that because I think that's the danger that yeah. you come to something like this and you're mm. so fired up but then you've had a week out of the office and going back and I think that that for me is that how do I need to think or even though I'm here one day I've already had about four conversations that I know I need to just follow yeah. up on and do that and it's making yeah. sure you get the time for it's, that it's really. difficult isn't it you do come back from some of these really fired up and full of ideas and then try and write down what you've learned that's actually quite difficult yeah some of the things you learn aren't I guess just being exposed to international fundraisers. What are they doing in Spain at the moment? Let's see what we can learn from that. Is it necessarily something you can then just take back to your team and say, I'm in Spain, they do this. So, but I think kind of deeper learnings than just there, there are. But I, I, I had one one of my kind of most memorable moments last year was literally as we were going for the bus to leave, and I got talking to a fundraiser. I think he was he was from Austria, I think, and he said, "Have you had a good conference?" I said, "Yeah, it's been it's been amazing, but a bit mind blowing." He said, "Well, well, I've come away with my five things uh, or my five sentences." I was like, "What do you mean, your five sentences?" <laughs> yeah, and, and his his whole thing was that he would have. If he came away with five absolutely critical things, so that he'd come from sessions that were the things that would really make a difference, those five ideas or critical kind of moments, that was it, that he'd got enough because that would be in make enough of the time there. And I thought, actually, that's really good. That does boil it down to something really useful. Yeah. So I've yeah. tried to think of that when I've gone to other conferences. That's a great note to wrap it up on because, yeah, that's a real good bit of bit of There's advice. our challenge there. as well for the next couple of days. There is our challenge. Well, Sue, so if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they find you? Are you on things like social media and I Twitter? I am, and yes. Yeah, um, I'm at York Sue on Twitter and there's a at Tony Ellish Foundation as well. Mm-hmm. Look at the website. There's all sorts of information about people applying and mm-hmm. to become mentors or mentees and I'd really love to hear from people. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time and Good luck with both of your sessions. Yeah, enjoy. Thank you very much. Good luck with yours, Kenneth, Thank as you. well. Thank <laughs> you. Cheers. Thank you. So, James, just wrapped up another fantastic episode, if I don't say so myself. How did you find it? It's all right, wasn't it? <laughs> if anyone wants to kind of follow up and actually enjoy this thing, where can they find us? Well, we're on Twitter, Kenneth. 
at Do More Good Pod. Instagram at Do More Good Pod. Have we gone multi-channel and even gone to YouTube? We have, but you can find all those videos on the website domoregood.uk. And if you want to contact us by email, please use contact at domoregood.uk. 